Welcome to Season 2 of WeTal Talks. WeTal is a community for developers and WeTal Talks is our live audio stream. This is a recorded episode from the live stream. We invite inspiring techies from all over the world to meet, host talks and discuss the latest in tech. My name is Charlotte Holman and I'm the founder of WeTal. In this episode, we meet Olga Stern, who is the CTO of Tangi Market. She is named one of Sweden's most talented developers, according to IDG. We talk about her book, Ones and Zeros Secret Lives, and what she thinks makes a talented developer. So, today with us, we have Olga Stern, who is CTO of Tangi Market or at Tangier Market. Mm. I think both. <laughs> um, you've also written a book uh, that we're going to talk about and you have won an award, a Changemaker Award at the, we translated to the Media Days in Gothenburg. Um, and you have also been uh, elected to one of the most talented developers according to uh, IDG. Welcome here, fun to have you here. Thank you so much, I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna start with my normal question for us that don't know much about you. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? So, um, I'm a developer. <laughs> uh, I started my career uh, very kind of, or I, sta- I started uh, uh, my path into developing by chance. My best friend was about to start studying programming in uh, Kista in Stockholm. So I just went along with her to the registration and uh, they had some spots left because this was right after the IT crash. Uh, of the bubble in 2003 and uh, yeah I started studying uh, uh, programming and IT and communication and stuff like that Uh, after that my first job I worked as a consultant for about four years at a place called uh, Kibranche and then when I kind of felt that I'm not um, the, the like least experienced person in every room I felt like okay I need to change like to a different place where I can be the least experienced person because that's like the best way to learn. Mm. Um, so I applied for a job at a company called Valtech and I worked there for about three and a half years. It was so much fun. And there, uh, both at Kubernetes and, and Valtech, I worked as a backend developer mostly with C Sharp. Mm. Um, and then I started my own company called Genius. Uh, where I started dabbling a little bit in like cloud architecture and stuff. And uh, now I am the CTO of uh, Tangy Market. I'm also um, the developer of like the whole backend system that I mm. uh, designed and built in AWS, which I'm very proud of because <laughs> it was like <laughs> very, very complicated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we have AWS. Uh, I try to not go in there so often. Yeah. <laughs> um, but very cool background. And um, so let's start from the uh, beginning. Um, so you were a consultant and uh, then you started with this genius. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that? Because I thought that it sounded very cool. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I actually like I was sitting one afternoon on like just looking at Twitter and I saw this like ad for a hackathon 
and I felt that um, that would be very exciting to go to a hackathon where I didn't know anybody and to just do it as a kind of a cool experience for myself to just prove to myself that I can build something from scratch in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And so the theme for the hackathon was hack the news. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking like, okay, what can I do in 24 hours that kind of interests me uh, and also is like viable to do in, in that short time. And I figured like, what if I build something that can analyze how much men and women are mentioned in news articles? Mm-hmm. So I built this like really shitty uh, prototype <laughs> with a lot of uh, like gaffer tape <laughs> um, that uh, did just that. It checked 20 articles in a newspaper um, for uh, occurrences of women and men. And like the numbers, when I first saw them, I was like, there must be something wrong with my algorithm. <laughs> there like, must be a bug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I, I immediately thought that like I have done something wrong. But I like rechecked it, reran it, and like, wow! For these like first twenty articles, it was like thirteen percent women. Mm. Thirteen, one, three, mm. and I was like, okay, this is not statistically correct. Obviously, it's like only twenty articles, mm. uh, but still, like, I felt that I was onto something. And I mean, there has been like, uh, there's this like global thing that is done like twice uh, or like once every two years. Uh, where a lot of people in the world like count manually like in the newspapers Mm -hmm. but there hadn't been anything done that did this like automatically so uh, after a while I decided to like quit my job as a consultant and to build this like full scale Mm -hmm. and I did (laughs) and um, the numbers were like a little bit better but it was still only like about 30% of of the people getting mentioned in the news were women Mm. And so, like, the newspapers, they were also very like, oh, shit, this is so bad. Uh, (laughs) So they started actually subscribing to this service. Like, I built it as a subscription service where they Mm -hmm. could, in real time, see statistics, like, from their articles. So as soon as they publish an article, like, uh, the bars in the graph move. And so they actually, like, a lot of newspapers had it in their, in the newsrooms. Mm-hmm. Where, where the reporters were looking at it like all the time and that was like so cool wow yeah <laughs> and uh, how <laughs> go straight into payment model but like how much was it for them to subscribe to this uh, it was like I can't really remember um, to be honest uh, I think it was about five or six hundred uh, euros a month mm. which is like quite a low cost if you think about how much everybody talks about equality mm. um, at first like it was it's interesting that you ask that because in the beginning I felt very conflicted of like charging people mm. because I felt that like if everybody used this then the news reporting will be more equal so it's like a win situation for everybody but then like a friend of mine told me that like okay but people charge for like shitty things all the time. Why shouldn't you charge for a good thing? Mm. <laughs> so then I decided like, okay, yeah, I'm actually gonna charge because this is like I'm putting in time in this, and this is this adds yeah, your, value. Your yeah, time. yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. but it's it's somehow this like paradox of like not wanting to charge for mm. doing like things that are good. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. 
Yeah, I mean, because we see that uh, for everyone that's listening at Norrsken that we have a lot of startups that are in sustainability and uh, we at Vital was uh, a matching platform between developers and jobs and and I always thought that you can't have a business when you do something good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then we started to with our project Vital Include, which is to help women in tech, uh, our female developers, and people get so excited about these things and are willing to pay, <laughs> mm. uh, which is uh, cool. But um, uh, it's good that people are getting up the eyes for that doing mm. good. You can pay to do good also. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, okay, so could you make a living out of this? Uh? Uh, yeah, for a little while uh, I could. Um, I have to say, like, I wasn't as good as uh, at the like business side <laughs> as I was at the programming side. Um, and I kind of after a while I realized like I didn't want to do it alone, but I wasn't really sure like how to onboard somebody new. So I kind of continued doing that for a while, but it was mostly I felt like kind of lonely of being a solo mm. entrepreneur. And I felt that I'm like I'm a person I, I like to work with other people. I like to be in a team where like, yeah, we as a team do cool shit together. And mm. that's kind of I feel like where I'm at right now, I feel so much more like content with my work life mm. rather when I was working like alone. Mm. So how did you meet your co-founder for Tanji Market? Um, so we were actually uh, it was like several years ago, uh, I was working at this co-working place called Knackeriet uh, mm-hmm. in the old city in Gamestan, uh, in Stockholm. Um, and there were these like group of people who were kind of sitting there and I was always like looking at them like, oh, they look so cool. They look so fun. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> th- to be honest, I was a little bit eavesdropping um, and they were talking about how they were going to like recruit a developer mm-hmm. and uh, that they like were a little bit unsure how to evaluate that person and so I kind of um, just suggested like if they wanted my help I could help them evaluate their new developer and they were like wow that's amazing and so um, I did that and they had found like a really good developer um, and and kind of that was that and then like two years later um, I was doing a talk uh, together with my co-writer for the book, Marie. And then like after the talk, uh, Linda, who, who works at Hangi, he, she uh, came up to me and she's like, okay, you need to be CTO of our company. Mm. And um, yeah, that's how we met. Mm. <laughs> nice, helping someone always helps. Yeah, and <laughs> eavesdropping is really yeah. good. <laughs> uh, Cool, and uh, what do you do at the Tanji Market? Um, so, <coughs> I do a little bit of everything. Uh, we're quite a small team, so it's uh, like a, a normal day is very, very mixed. But I mean, it's all from like um, designing and building our backend systems, um, creating like um, Trello cards for the app developers uh, also like sometimes it can be you know like oh email isn't working 
So like, okay, let's check the domains and see if our spam filter is broken. <laughs> so it can be like everything. We have that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of like the yeah. IT handy person. Mm. So it's very, very mixed. But I mean, mainly it's just like building our backend and making sure that everything works and maintaining stuff and, and just like looking forward and thinking about like, okay, so what's the next step? How mm. do we make this better? How do we develop? stuff so like mm. I don't know yeah. hacking and stuff mm. and what is the pitch for Tangi Market? so Tangi Market is a platform where um, copyright owners uh, who are like artists and musicians and songwriters um, can get an advance from investors so mm. Like when you write a song as a songwriter, there's usually quite a long time between the time you actually write the song and, and the moment you start getting paid. Mm. It can be like two years sometimes. Mm. And I mean, for a lot of people, like you can't afford to wait two years to get paid. Mm. So we help them get an upfront payment from investors. And then the investors in their turn, they take kind of a chance on investing in music maybe based on like loving the music or based on just like financial gain so mm. they take the risk and if the song actually makes more money than they thought then they will get more paid mm. so it's That's like a cool. win-win situation investing in music mm. uh, i'm not in the industry but is that kind of like how agents used to be like back in the day when we didn't have spotify there was always this agent who took 90% of the artist. Is that what... Uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, the music industry, I would say in a lot of ways, like, uh, also to clarify, like, I'm not... Uh, music, the music industry is not my kind of point of expertise. Like, I'm learning, I've learned a lot during the years I've, I've been working with Taggy. But, I mean, there is still a problem with different kind of companies taking quite a big chunk of what m some people say should go to the creators instead. Mm. Oh, interesting. So <coughs> you seem quite uh, like a hands-on type of CTO where you see building things and uh, stuff like that. How much do you code in a week, for example? Mm, I mean, that depends always on what is happening at the moment but i would say about maybe half the time ish mm. maybe a little bit more sometimes mm. would you consider yourself like if you would grow to a big company would you want to be a type of cto that uh, like don't code anymore or would you want not want to leave that part mm, i would say i don't want to lose the coding part a hundred percent because I really really enjoy it like this morning I was doing this like very like this uh, SQL query <laughs> that was just like I was ripping my hair out but then I finally solved it and it was like the best feeling in the world like I don't mm -hmm. want to give up that um, so I'd say I would probably be that little like a person that people find a little annoying I guess <laughs> for like getting involved in too much at least in the beginning but yeah I want to still continue doing the coding but maybe not as much as I'm doing right now mm. interesting and uh, how did you 
like get into tech from the beginning like did you did you have a feeling from you were a child or how did you become interested in tech like uh, so i come from mm. a family of like doctors <laughs> like everybody is a doctor in my Me family too. <laughs> oh, really <laughs> interesting yeah, yeah. I see a pattern here <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i'm kind of like the black sheep uh, of my family um me too no, <laughs> <laughs> no but like i i never really uh, i mean i'm born in uh, in 85 i think we're me too oh my oh, really? god <laughs> what? so i guess you remember the time when like what people day started? are you born <laughs> july 28 oh my god i thought you're gonna say june because that's my okay you're but not you're my twin <laughs> <laughs> that, that <coughs> a freak accident mm. no but like so i guess you remember when like in the early 90s when or like for me it was at least like we got our first computer we got internet mm. i remember having like a pager and the first mobile phone and the interesting part is like i didn't ever think about it as tech mm. these were just like things happening kind of in my life i didn't reflect on it being like okay this is ones and zeros somebody coded this mm. not at all it, it just kind of like happened the same way that I don't know like you just switch on the TV and there are programs there like you don't mm. think about how somebody's producing them and, and like mm. doing stuff and and so um, even though like as I mentioned my friend was like kind of interested in programming um, but when like once I asked her like oh so what are you doing like she showed me I was like what the actual like what the fuck like I don't understand <laughs> anything how is this gonna benefit anyone like why would you ever want to do this this seems so boring and like i couldn't understand it at all um so but that also kind of made me a little bit like not afraid of tech mm. i know like uh, i'm very much like okay let's see what this button does mm. <laughs> uh, and and then i just test it and i think maybe that's not a prerequisite but it's a good kind of quality to have when when you're building things that you're also not afraid of breaking things because like if you only build things and you're like super careful and always like very like cautious and and not try new things it makes mm -hmm. you kind of maybe not experiment as much and and not you know like sometimes you can find like really cool stuff by accident mm. so like i didn't really understand that tech was tech and then i just tagged along with my friend and uh, started like studying it and then I started like understanding like aha uh -huh, okay so UX is a thing because like the user interacts with the machine and then somebody writes the code for the machine so that the user can interact with it that's when I kind of started like understanding that okay the internet like how does it work what does <laughs> it do and, and then it was like whoa the this internet. is like so <laughs> yeah i actually did my master's uh, paper or whatever yeah. you do like, like at the, the end last thing you do yeah the last yeah. thing you do in at, at university and um, mm. together with a friend we did about uh, trying to hack bluetooth mm. on linux computers and we did it for the people who like investigate it crimes for the police Nationellt forensiskt center, centrum, mm. like for the kind of digital CSI, mm, mm. <laughs> and it was like really, really cool. We tried to hack like Bluetooth. So I, I kind of uh, about twenty, no, fifteen years ago, I really understood how Bluetooth works. <laughs> Not anymore. I kind of forgot it. 
Oh, but cool. Okay, so you... Um, so did you get your, like, your first computer when you were a child? And, uh, and uh, that's how you felt also not so scared of tech, basically, when you got into it? Or like it was just normal to you, basically? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Mm. Like I didn't understand that somebody had program, programmed it or anything. I was just using it to like do paint. <laughs> <laughs> Pixel art. Oh, I remember paint. Yeah. Oh, I, I could spend like hours and I thought it was so cool how you could like zoom in into a picture and just do like pixel by pixel and then you would zoom mm. out and like this very kind of sharp lines would become all soft and I was like whoa this is so cool <laughs> <laughs> oh I miss paint mm. um, great and um, this talk is uh, also uh, about we have a <laughs> campaign uh, seven CTOs for seven weeks or a theme uh, I'm gonna say um, so uh, let's talk a bit about uh, being a CTO. Uh, how many uh, do you have in your tech team? So right now, uh, we, <laughs> the royal we is I uh, in the tech mm. team, um, as a like dedicated in the tech team. Then mm. we ha like um, we have people in the company who are really really good at tech and kind of dabble in. Um, but right now um, we are actually looking for uh, app developers, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but we're also kind of not in a hurry. So we decided to like, if we find the right person, we're super open to hire. But un until we do that, we are um, working with consultants, mm. which and works really, really well. Cause then we can kind of adjust uh, how many people we are working with uh, mm. depending on our needs at that moment so that's kind of a very like lean way to do it mm. and you have someone from ukraine you mentioned earlier yes ah we also do that mm. i love them i don't like the situation there no it's uh. a horrible mm. um great and um so uh so it's you and uh, like it was one guy from ukraine and you're also hiring yeah. Mm. And uh, what is the technology that you're using? Uh, so the backend uh, is built uh, on AWS, and we are using like very like everything is serverless, everything is scalable, mm -hmm. everything is very kind of um, I would say like. Uh, microservice architectured mm. and very um, distributed in a way that like if one of the system or one part of the system breaks um, or like has a hiccup or like I don't know like if our payment provider doesn't work or anything like we don't ever lose any data mm. um, so we're like using a lot of uh, queues and stuff like mm. uh, simple queue services and uh, for the database we also we have like a sql database that i designed a really really nice <laughs> <laughs> diagram for <laughs> which i love yeah <laughs> and um so that's the back end and then the back end um has uh, an api up front obviously mm -hmm. and then the app is built in react native mm -hmm. um so that we can like quite easily have an Android and iOS app. 
Yeah. Yeah, we also have React Native, but your backend sounds really good. Mm. We need more strength in the back end, I feel like. <laughs> if you want to look at my code, then... <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, great. And um, so now you, uh, you only have uh, one person, but when you become a bigger team and stuff, I want to talk a bit about uh, leadership. Uh, do you have a leadership uh, style that you're going to use on them, or are you going to play by ear? I mean... Uh, <clears throat> I, I've done like quite a lot of leadership uh, during my career. Um, not always like as a m- manager, but I've um, like uh, when I worked at Valtech, I was uh, responsible for their trainee program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had like thirteen trainees to take care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've kind of practiced my leadership skills. A bit and also now in tiny market um, we've had like bigger team constellations as I mentioned mm-hmm. like we if we need to, to get things done we hire more consultants at that time mm-hmm. uh, but I would say my leadership style is um, I'm very much about like um, freedom in Swedish it's called like freedom under responsibility I don't know how to translate that mm-hmm. I kind of expect people that I've worked with to show initiative and maybe to think about like quality and stuff without me having to say that. Mm. Uh, So I think I give people like very much freedom, uh, but also I try to support them because like if you're, if you're maybe a junior developer, then you don't really know maybe what things you should look for or what Mm. you should do. So I would say like uh, give people a lot of freedom, but at the same time be there and help, of course, and, mm. and support and kind of enable people because that's something like I know like as a as a person <laughs> I really like to like control things like overall in my life I like to control situations, uh, but at the same time I realized like ninety nine times out of hundred like if you give people the freedom and mm. if you trust them then they will deliver like so much more than you ever anticipated. You just have to like, okay, I'm not giving you this and I'm slowly backing away. I'm here if you need me, <laughs> but like you can do it. And then most times people do a great job. Mm. And if they don't do a great job? I think the key is to kind of have uh, short feedback loops mm. and also to check in with people a lot and be like, okay, I'm, I'm leaving you with this, but maybe like check in and see like, hey, so how's it, how's it going? Mm, not Are leave you? it for a month. And no, of course that. not. Because like that also, like you want to give the people, you want to give people like um, an opportunity to give you feedback. Mm. Um, so that's also like very, very important to think about that kind of present the opportunity so that people can give you feedback and like if they need help or if I'm doing something that they don't appreciate or if they need something else from me. Mm. Yeah. And we work agile. Yes. Mm. I mean, we work very agile, uh, but at the same time, like in the, uh, like I really um, uh, love <laughs> the, the agile methodology and workflows, but I think it's also important to sometimes like 
from time to time go back and look at the Agile Manifesto, like what it's actually about. And, and most of it is like people over processes and like mm. these kind of like very simple principles. Mm. And from that, like you can do your own kind of agile workflow. Like the important thing isn't to like have a retro to have a retro. It's actually to collect feedback. Maybe you don't need a retro to collect feedback in, in the situation you are in. Yeah, it's almost like making a process to be agile when agile is supposed to not have so much processes almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, uh, completely agree. Very good point. Uh, I'm interested to hear about how you got elected to uh, one of the most uh, talented developers, according to IDG. Uh, <laughs> that's a very good question. Uh, I think that like IDG, um, they present this list like yearly, and I think it's mostly based on people who are out there. Because mm -hmm. like, if you think about it as a developer, what you do is rarely kind of uh, looked at. Like no, like usually people aren't looking at your code. Maybe they're interacting with the product that you built. And, mm -hmm. and that could be a good thing also. But I mean, there's there's so many different aspects of being a good developer. Is it that like, okay, so you write bug free code, but your UX is shit. Like, are you a good developer or like the, the other way around? Um, and also like most of, of the code that people write is private. Like it's mm -hmm. not uh, open sourced or public or like I guess half of it kind of is, I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, so, it's I would say like it, it's really fun to be on that list, but I, I think also it's it's kind of based on like people who are out there and doing things and, and kind of being visible because mm. also like they have to know about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mm. mean, there are so many like so talented developers out there who are just like sitting and working and committing to a private repo like nobody ever gets to see their code, maybe except for somebody's who is like reviewing it. So uh, I, I take it with a, like a pinch of salt, but it's like, it's a really fun thing to have been on, of course. Mm. And what is a talented developer to you? Uh, wow. Uh, okay, Google skills, <laughs> <laughs> very important. Um, also being able to kind of see your own um, limits and being able to like express that like, okay, I know how to do this, but I don't know how to do that. Um, and also like in the scenario of like not knowing how to do something is to kind of uh, being able to find out how to do it. Um, and also like communication skills, communication skills, communication skills. I will say one more time, communication skills. Mm. Like Which is so not important. always what everyone has. No, of course, <laughs> but like people are human, so mm. that's natural. But the good thing about, I'm like, sometimes I think people make out developers to be these like kind of mythical creatures. <laughs> uh, but I would say like most skills uh, that a developer needs to have can be uh, like, you can uh, train and become better. So I mean, okay, so communication isn't your strongest skill. Well, okay, you can you can become better by practicing or by like mm. reading more about it. And the same with like 
writing tests like okay so I'm shit at writing tests right now how do I become better mm. so maybe like a good developer is a person who is like constantly learning oh, such mm. a cliche but mm. I'm gonna say <laughs> it mm. so you don't think the person that can hack together the most coolest code is necessarily the best or the one who's like top one in the what is this uh, Code Wars uh, uh, platform. I mean, I'm I'm sure that like those developers are super super skilled, and of course, like if you if you do like experimental things and if you're doing like very nitty gritty things where you need to have like a lot of like domain knowledge, uh, those people are needed as well. But I don't think that most developers need to be like the hackiest of the hackiest mm. I think it's more important to understand like what you're building is actually out there to help people because I mean there's no point in having tech for the sake of tech like mm. you're like all of us we're building tech to kind of help people to enable people to make people's lives easier and better and and I think it's much more important to understand that than being able to like do super hacky things because also like if we look at um, the way kind of or uh, the direction that programming languages and um, IDEs are taking it's like much more it's becoming more and more high level every mm -hmm. time like every day there are much more SDKs there are much more tools coming out and that's great because then you don't have to like reinvent reinvent the wheel and and do all of these like small hacky boring things you can actually mm -hmm. focus on building code that can help people so i also think that like being a developer uh, will become much more like easier and also you can focus on different things mm -hmm. it's just like take a look at the programming languages out today they're so much like more high level than they were like 10 15 years ago like now you don't have to i don't know like handle files or like colors and stuff like that there's like there's a library for that or it's mm. included in the language mm. do you think that uh, uh, because there's a lot of companies that when they interview uh, developers that they think that you should have a computer science degree in five years whereas now it's coming a lot of boot camps for example where you train for six months and you become a developer what's uh, your experience with kind of like those two profiles of developers um, I would say <clears throat> so to me like being a developer is very much like a handicraft uh, I think it's uh, I mean it's exceptional to be like really really good at being a developer and to become that fast I mean of course it happens there are exceptions um, but I think I would compare it to like any other kind of like handicraft where uh, both kind of options of like doing a boot camp or studying five years at university is a good start but like the important part is kind of what you do after that um, like I went to university myself but to be honest like 
I'm not sure like how much programming I really learned there. Like most of the pro programming and coding I learned while doing like a job. Mm. Um, I also like, I think boot camps are really good, but I think maybe it's kind of hard to, to tell like if the people who are taking the boot camps, if they're getting the right expectations of kind of like, I, for example, okay, I'm going to be a little bit provocative and I'm going to say like, it's impossible to study to become a like full stack developer in six months. I mean, it, it takes like five, six years to become a good full stack developer, I would say. I don't know. Um, and I think it's a little bit like harsh on a person to be like, hey, you're going to study with us and you're going to be a full stack developer in six months. And that, then that person comes out and is like, oh, shit. Um, Okay, now I feel like I derailed a little bit. <laughs> but I think both ways are, are, of course, viable. But I think there are challenges with doing, like, studying for a short time for something that takes a long time to become good at. Mm. I, I, I agree. Not six years. I think that's <laughs> super long. But uh, I usually compare it sometimes to, uh, like, if you're going to build... A bathroom, for example, you have your ha handy, uh, like the people that come and build your bathroom. Of course, you can hack, hack together a bathroom, mm. but it might leak, it might start leaking. And the same thing there, uh, that uh, it takes time to do something good properly. But I like when things go fast. <laughs> yeah, of course, but it's also like it's so many moving parts. Yeah, it's and a lot to learn, basically. Yeah, exactly. And it mm. would be hard to do that in a short amount of time mm. i uh, often get complaints that i hack together things very quickly <laughs> but i mean being able to hack together things is is a great skill because then you can do a proof of concept mm. uh, and that's the point of hacking together something that like you can just test like end to end like will this idea actually work mm. but and i mean sometimes hacks also work for a long time but at the same time, if you want, if like, if if you have somebody else who's relying on you, like if you have customers and mm. and stuff like that, then maybe you need to think about like, okay, but how do I make this more durable? And how do I make how do I build this so it will like withstand the big load? Or okay, so I'm dependent on this third-party service. What happens if it goes down? Like mm -hmm. all of those things is the like those are the things that you learn during those like five six years because mm. basically because <laughs> those things happen to mm. you and and there are so many different ways that things can go wrong mm. like when you build code and like when you build software uh, and and i think that's why it takes so long it's not that you have to like write if statements a certain amount of times before you understand them it's basically you need to have your if statements or like your code go wrong in like so many different ways to realize that like aha okay so uh, by i don't know like upgrading your os like shit might break mm. it's it's a thing you learn when you upgrade your os and you're like okay so my code doesn't work anymore like that's when you kind of learn that mm. Yeah, and maybe it's also what you are 
like mostly interested in if you are super interested in being we had many speakers here in the podcast that they love their craft and that's what they love whereas another person might love to do a proof of concept and they're never going to be interested like me <laughs> in like the deep parts i mean i i am slightly interested in that but uh, but yeah maybe it's like motivation and what motivates you is it the craft or business side mm, it's, it's like a combination of the i guess craft of just being able to kind of take all of these moving parts and like build this big system that just like works day after day after day after days but also i mean if it would just be there and nobody would be interacting with it then like what's the point of it so i would say for me i'm very motivated by working together with like other people who are like basically smart and passionate about what they do and and that is one thing that really motivates me at tangy like all of us in the team are we have so much kind of uh, like edge in in so many different directions and it's so inspiring for me to like just listen at my colleagues talking about something about the music industry and like their understanding of it and and just to like being able to learn mm. um and also to have like happy users to have a user like contact us on the support and being like hey what you're doing is so cool mm. i mean like that's kind of the biggest motivation that you can have that the thing you are building is not only being used but actually being appreciated mm. and maybe also making somebody's life a little bit better and we we don't have so much time left but i want to <laughs> talk about your book also <laughs> so y- you wrote the book called uh, uh Ones and Zero's Secret Life. Mm, everything you want to know and don't want to know about programming. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about the book? It's a book about pro- programming uh, that contains like instructions on how to count in the binary system, amongst mm. other things. But it also like uh, contains a lot of like really fun and interesting stories about the people behind programming. So for example, all of you have probably heard about Ada Lovelace. <coughs> like we talk about um, how she was the first developer and why she is counted as the first developer, even though she lived in like the beginning slash middle of the 1800s, 19th century in English? Mm. No. Uh, yeah, so she lived, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She lived in the beginning of the 1800s mm. where there were like the only way like there were no computers there but she was like super inspired by um fabric looms and like how you like weaving and stuff like that and we talk about uh, how uh, this uh, german mathematician like in 700 something he was reading this book from ancient china about yin and yang and how he realized like what if you could describe the whole world uh, by using like the system of two opposites Mm. like a one and a zero true or false yin and yang 
and how that thought kind of uh, helped the humanity, I guess, like invent computers and programming. And of course, like I mean, he only he he only documented it. There has been like a lot of occurrences, like in Polynesia, of people using like in fifteen hundred something, they were using the binary system to count. I mean, that's so cool, and that's what the whole digital world is based on. So me and Marie, who I, I wrote the book with, like we wanted to create kind of this portal into the world of programming, but also having it being accessible by making it about stories about people and a lot of fun facts, because frankly, I love fun facts. <laughs> And like, how did you come up with writing a book? That's so cool. Yeah, so I actually, uh, the publisher company approached me and Marie. Like, I w- I we hadn't met each other before. And they were like, okay, so we want to do a book about programming, like an intro book. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you be interested in, in writing it together? And I was like, okay, maybe I need to take a lunch with this Marie first <laughs> and just see. And I mean, she's a genius and she's such a nice person and she's a really good journalist. And so we really hit it off. And uh, yeah, we just, I mean, I kind of thought in the beginning that I would be mostly doing like research and just like writing the tech stuff. But then, I don't know, like Marie kind of just taught me how to write. So I I think we both wrote like 50% of the book each. Mm. Which was also like a very exciting experience. I was like, okay, now I can write. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> always good to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, now we've gone a bit over time, but uh, it's been so much fun to have you here. Uh, super interesting to hear everything about you, and uh, uh, good luck with everything in the future. Thank you so much and thank you so much for having me and thank you to everybody who has listened. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. WeTal Talks is created by WeTal, a coding community with thousands of developers. In our app, you can find your next career opportunity or join Tech Conversations. See you next time.